Right, do that then. And don't tell Chris. Just don't knock the water over. Well, if you do, that's going in. Okay, I'm going to, no promises, okay? You better go get the mop. <laughs> to welcome you to the online service of the First Presbyterian Church of Quincy, Florida. This church has offered our pastor, Reverend Chris Erty, a couple of weeks from the pulpit so he may continue to write, study, and prepare for the degree of Doctor of Ministry. Chris, we pray all's going well. And for all those that don't know, my name is Ben Powell. I'm an elder of this church. And I want to thank you for the opportunity to be here today. In these unusual times we find ourselves in, even though we have found a couple of ways to safely worship together, we ask that you continue to respect those around you in your daily lives and wear your mask, stay distanced, wash or sanitize your hands often, and don't congregate too much, even though we all longed to really be together. If you or someone you know is in need of pastoral care, we ask you call the church office and a member of our staff will return your call as soon as possible. We're about to turn the calendar page, aren't we? <clears throat> Can you imagine that January's almost over? In many ways, it's been a January with different twists and turns as compared to what we're used to. So maybe it's good that it's almost behind us. But let's remember, we have so much to be grateful for. One of the things we're grateful for is Jim Barano's and Bill Mock's willingness to serve as our church officer leadership this month. Thank you, Jim and Bill. I think you can see the rose behind me, <clears throat> and that's placed there in celebration of the birth of Margaret Hines Singley. Margaret was born to the proud parents of Elizabeth and Al Singley, and the proud grandparents of David and Robin Clark. Margaret, we're so happy to welcome you into our church family as we celebrate with your parents and your grandparents. Please remember to pray for those on the prayer list. Remember, the prayer list is emailed to us every week, so take time to read it and pray. If you're not receiving the email, call the office and we'll be sure your email address is added. If you have a situation and want to be added to the prayer list, or if you know someone that would, it would be nice to have their name added, then call the church office and give us a name. My thanks to Tamara Erty for helping us with this production and trying to keep me straight, and to Scott Bergman for his video work and editing and being crazy enough to want to do it over and over. I also thank our choir members that participate, and Chris, our music director. Now, Scott and Tamara, is there anything I need to add? Okay, good. Okay, the Lord be with you. May we pray. Gracious God, we pray thanks for your creation and that we are yours. 
We know and acknowledge that everything we have comes from you. Lord, we ask for your blessings to those on our prayer list and those that are special to us that remain unnamed but known to you through our silent prayers. Lord, this morning we have a prayer that's almost overwhelming. We pray for peace. There's so much turmoil and violence in our world, so much distrust, and there's no other way to say it. Lord, there's so much hate. Lord, we pray you show us, our leaders and the leaders of the world, how to overcome through your love the obstacles that separate us from each other and separate us from you. May we feel your presence, know your will, and accept your guidance. We pray for the safety of our soldiers and the first responders of every kind. We pray for the victims of this terrible pandemic we find ourselves in and for their families and loved ones. We pray for those that are sick and pray for their fast recovery. We pray for all those caring for them. We pray for the patience and the will to continue to wear these masks and we look forward to the day we no longer have to. Lord, we pray for your church universal, our denomination, and I pray for this church that my friends and I call home. We are thankful this church is so willing to accept your call and serve one another, our community, and even to the corners of the earth. We pray for the will and courage to do even more. We pray for the homeless, the hungry, and the needy. We pray for those that battle physical and mental illness and those that care for them. We pray for those that are heartbroken for all too many reasons. We ask you to rain down your grace on those who struggle and hold them up in the peace only you can give, Lord. We ask that you lead us to you and strengthen our faith and trust in you. We pray for understanding, discernment, and clarity of our call. Accept our prayer and may our faith in your power and your authority grow stronger every day. And now we pray as Christ taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now Cameron King will sing Jesus Calls Us.
Today we have two scripture lessons to read. <clears throat> First, obviously from the Old Testament. It's from the book of Psalms. It's Psalm 90, verses 14 through 17. Satisfy in the morning with your unfailing love that we might sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us and for as many years as we have seen trouble. May our deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. The second scripture is from the New Testament, the, the book of Luke that we've been following for several weeks now. Today we're in chapter five and I'm gonna read verses one through 11. <clears throat> one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw, the waters, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let the nets down for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full, they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. The word of God for the people of God. When I looked at the narrative lectionary scripture for today, I'll have to admit I was a little excited. <clears throat> I saw the teaching scripture was the fisher of people story. Nobody's hurt or even threatened. The miracle of the two boats full of fish and Jesus' famous line to Peter where he offers him a completely different set of nets. I've said this before and I'm afraid it's true again. <clears throat> My first read was too full of what I wanted it to say. This turns out not to be just a fun story with lots of action and cool things that Christ says that can, we can easily remember. It's a serious story. It's a story about call. Christ saying to all of us through this story, put your faith into action. And I'm afraid a lot of times we really don't want to hear that, do we? But. Here we go. Let me set the stage for you. <clears throat> Jesus is about 30 years old. He was baptized. He was tempted by the devil. And his adult ministry is in full swing as he returns full of the Holy Spirit 
to his hometown. As Ruth told us last week, things started great in Nazareth, but it really didn't end so well. So Jesus walks about 30 miles to the north shore of the Sea of Galilee, or as it is called in verse one, Gennesaret. On the way, he drives out demons, he heals the sick, and all the while his reputation is growing fast. People are amazed at his authority, amazed at his authority, his understanding, and what and how he's teaching. Large crowds gather wherever he goes. When he speaks at the lake, it becomes so crowded that he gets in an empty boat and asks the owner to take him from the shore a little so he can finish speaking from there. Turns out the owner of the boat is Simon Peter. Now this isn't the first time Simon and Jesus met. A few days earlier, we can't tell exactly when, but sometime earlier at Simon's house, Jesus healed Simon's sick mother-in-law and Simon witnessed the miracle. So I would think that probably Simon was a little more than intrigued when he saw Jesus standing in his boat asking for help. I can imagine Simon might not have been totally thrilled when Jesus motioned to him. He had been out fishing all night on the lake and he had nothing to show for it, didn't catch a fish. We can be pretty sure he was tired and he was disappointed. He probably wanted to finish washing his nets, go get something to eat, go to sleep, and get ready for it all to start over again that evening. I don't know how deep he sighed or what the expression on his face was, but we do know he did as Jesus asked. Again, I can imagine Simon sitting in the boat, ready for Jesus to get to the end of his teaching. You know how preachers do. They preach too long, don't they? And then they finally come to a stopping point and you find out they were just taking a breath and they start back all over again. But when Jesus finishes speaking, Simon finds out the day's not over. Jesus wants to go further out into the deep water and Simon fusses a little, but he does what Jesus asks. So, how does that relate to us today? This church, I'm talking about First Quincy, as a body does not back away from being called by God into service for others. We can be proud of that, even as we remain humble. But like we have heard, we can do more. And through stories such as this one, we can listen for God speaking to us and encouraging us to take advantage of the opportunities of service. I don't necessarily think God's gonna call many of us to drop our nets, as we commonly say. And I don't think we have to be scared by the thought. But I do think that God wants us to use what talents we have to serve. We celebrated the life of Martin Luther King Jr. this week. King had a special gift and he did not shy away from using it. He dedicated his life to serving the cause of ending segregation and racial inequality. Few of us will be called to come up with the catchy phrase like, it's a cruel jest to tell a man without boots to pull himself up by his bootstraps. King didn't shy away from being called. I don't think God expects most of us to be a John Calvin who dedicated his life to writing 
and preaching over 2,000 sermons and eventually turning the way some of us view Christianity with the concept that God's grace is free, undeserved, and undeniable. Calvin didn't shy away from his call. Now we all certainly can't be Mother Teresa and proclaim, and I love this quote, love cannot remain by itself. It has no meaning. Love has to be put into action, and that action is service. Mother Teresa's story is very much like the one we read today. She did drop her net, so to speak, left everything, and spent a lifetime serving God through serving the poor, ill, and the unfortunate. She certainly didn't shy away when God called her. <clears throat> now we can be inspired by the stories of these people and those like them, but we don't have to be intimidated and we certainly don't have to be ashamed or feel we fall short of what God asks us by comparing ourselves to people like them. But I do think it's important for us to realize God calls us not to just prayer, not to just worship, but we're called to service. To me, it's interesting when Jesus asked Peter to take his boat to deeper water and let down the nets, and Peter fusses a little bit, the relationship between Simon Peter and Jesus changes a little. In verse six, it's not Simon and it's not Jesus, it becomes they. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them and they came and filled the boat so full they began to sink. They. Simon wasn't alone, was he? And it wasn't just that Jesus was sitting in the captain's chair making suggestions and giving orders. Jesus and Peter were working together. It's a message that when Christ calls us to service, not only will we not be in the boat alone, but God will be pulling on the nets with us. What happens after John and James come to help and the four of them almost sink the boats? What happens? Simon realizes this man is even more than he thought than he was when he cured his mother-in-law several days ago. He's more than he thought when he heard him preaching from the boat. Jesus revealed himself to Peter and Peter fell to his knees and said he was unworthy. But Jesus in essence says, Peter, you're not unworthy. Get up and follow me, and let's get to work together. Now, I can't say that Peter turns out to be just a common man, but when this story takes place, that's exactly what he was, a common guy, and Jesus chose him. I also think God asks us, us average, everyday people who fall well short of the mark, to be God's hands and feet, and maybe more importantly, God's voice when the opportunity presents itself. I think God asks us to be a willing vessel of God's grace. God calls imperfect people to do God's work, and God doesn't wait for them to shape up before he asks them to go to work. It's been my experience, the shape up part starts after you become willing to put on God's work gloves. 
and not at all necessarily before. I like what Elizabeth Johnson writes in the commentary Tamara and Linda sent out on today's passage from the, for the preparation of our Sunday school class. <clears throat> Ms. Johnson says, what might it mean for us to go deep sea fishing with Jesus? A long time ago, I read a book and in the preface, the author writes, a ship in harbor is safe, but that is not what ships are made for. I wrote that down and it stayed on my desk for years and years until one of my children gave me a wonderful and beautiful print, framed print of it. And for the longest time, I had no idea of the theology behind what the author wrote in a book about sailing. A ship in harbor is safe, but that is not what ships are made for. There's so much opportunity in today's crazy world to get a little out of our comfort zone and do God's grace-filled work. And it's not all hard or awkward work. There's so much opportunity to do little things that we're called to do that might have a huge impact. So much opportunity to give the message of respect over contempt, listening over ignoring, understanding over assuming, tolerance over prejudice, and ultimately, Christ-inspired love over hate. So let's pull up our anchors and sail on the outside, so to speak, or put on our gloves. Whatever cute saying we can come up with, it means we will listen for the call and respond when we hear or feel it, even if it's just the little things that Christ wants to, for us to work with him on. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. As we end our service today, let's realize that while we are as much in need as anybody of the free and undeserved grace of God, let's also realize we have the opportunity to be vessels of that very grace to others by listening to God to call us into service. We know we are called to love God with all of our hearts, souls, and minds and maybe a great way to show that love is through service. And I quote the psalmist, may the favor of the Lord our God rest on us, establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Everybody have a great week and we hope you'll be with us again next Sunday. Christian love, love fellowship.